0: Welcome to Black Feminist Rants where we center conversations on reproductive justice and activism. I am your host Lakia Williams and let's begin. Hey y'all welcome back to another episode of Black Feminist Rants with your girl Lakia. Y'all it's literally twelve thirty a.m and I decided to record <laughs> and y'all don't know but I'm moving actually technically tomorrow it's it's Thursday morning you know low-key Wednesday night and I moved Friday morning so my mic and everything were in a box and I took out the box and I started recording because I was like you know, I've been crying all night. I can't stop crying, but also I can't fall asleep, so I got to do something. And I'm already at 6 hours on TikTok for today, so it's like I don't want to be on TikTok no more. So, might as well record. So, we are going to have more of like a chit-chat style episode. I was meeting with Anaya earlier today. If you don't know Anaya, Anaya is the production manager for the podcast. They do the audio engineering um and a lot of stuff but they also edit the podcast episodes um and they were saying how you know like informational episodes are good but like people want to just like you know hear people's opinions and perspectives and like you know not have as scripted episodes so definitely heard you and so that's what i'm doing right now anaya has also been on me about doing more solo episodes so killing it two birds with one stone and also i actually enjoy like the more personable episodes y'all always give such good feedback on these episodes and like i feel like y'all really connect with them so i've only done like i think one or two so i'm excited to do this one (sighs) i don't know exactly what i'm gonna talk about because like i said i just got my mic out the freaking box and started recording but i feel like that just kind of shows the chaos of my life i guess one thing that i want to talk about is like For y'all, for those of you who don't know, if this is your first episode, welcome. But I'm 24 years old. I moved to the Bay Area last year. So I've been here a little over a year. And so obviously that is like, you know, somewhat of a transition going from being a college student to working full time. And that's just a huge transition within itself. And then moving to a new state, you know, going from living in the South to living on the West Coast. Um, I feel like there's been a lot of transitions and even within those large transitions, like I've been changing jobs and trying new things and growing the BFR team. And so I feel like it's just always been like new things happening, which they're all good. They're all positive, but I feel like it's like this constant, like next thing happening as a way to like, not have to sit with my own thoughts and like my own emotions, honestly. Um, and hey I, I can't say i'm good at it i am good at running from <laughs> my own internal dialogue until i have moments like this where it's literally like 12 in the morning and i just i just can't function but i do want to say speaking of bfr specifically not to be all sappy but i genuinely feel like bfr has changed my life for those of you who don't know i started block from new France, uh june 2020 so you already know what was happening summer of 2020 I feel like as just like a global community there was a lot of grief around covid and all the people that were all the lives that were lost and then also the uncertainty of what the future looked like and like will this virus end like or like we know what what's going to happen so there was that collective grief and then I will say as a black community specifically in the US just the grieving of seeing all of this murder in our community all the harm and all the violence that's happening to people who you know we love who look like us and so I know I had a lot of anger which I think a lot of people had rightfully so and so for me that looked like these constant (laughs) rants on Instagram on my stories and from there that is where Black Feminist Rants was birthed and if you want to learn more about how BFR started I think that's like the first or second episode of the podcast but yeah, starting Black Feminist Rants in 2020 to now being in 2023 and it's still being here. I've learned so much. I can genuinely say Black Feminist Rants has been a labor of love for me. And I may be using that term incorrectly, but it's really showing me how to love on myself <laughs> as someone who doesn't like always do that the most. You know, we talk about loving community and showing up for people and I feel like, you know, I do a good job at that. I can definitely improve, especially with people who I have a more personal connection with but I feel like the person I show up for the least is myself and don't get it don't get it twisted I take care of myself I spend money on myself that's not the case I know some people be like oh I'm so selfless like I haven't bought myself a new pair of shoes in three years that's not me Mm -mm. I'm going to take care of myself in that sense but like the actual like inner work and stuff and like checking in with my emotions and my feelings that's where I fail and so I feel like BFR has been an avenue for me to reflect on myself a little bit more and it's also been I would say a labor of love because I've always struggled with consistency and you know procrastination and things like that and y'all know BFR has is, is not super consistent like there will be months without an episode but even if there is a long break and I feel you know guilt around being gone for so long I always come back and as a recovering perfectionist if y'all are anything like me you already know that If something can't be done perfect, then it's no point in doing it. And so old Lakia would be like, well, if I'm not consistent and I keep failing at consistency, there's no point in continuing this podcast because I'm not doing it right. And I would have given up already. And so BFR has shown me, you know, how to be, I would say, easier on myself. It's not realistic to be perfect 24-7. It's not realistic. It's not even something that I desire anymore. That's a lot of what I've unlearned and unpacked during 20- So I don't even want that. And it's not achievable. It's not attainable. Anyways, so I feel like BFR has shown me that I can mess up and I can make mistakes and I can like snap back immediately. Like (laughs) it's really nothing like, okay, we didn't, we didn't hit our consistency goals for last month. What are we going to do the month after, you know? So... That's one way that BFR has impacted me. And then also just being so fortunate to be able to work with other people on Black Feminist Rants. So if y'all don't know, Black Feminist Rants is currently a team of four. There's me, the executive producer and the host. Anaya, the production manager who does... Honestly, a lot of everything. One of their main tasks is audio engineer. They edit all the episodes and do like the show notes and things like that. And then there's Cameron, who's the research intern, who does a lot of the research. She is also the lead of our Reproductive Justice Zine collaboration. And then there's Chelsea. I'm a strategic planning consultant who's doing a lot of partnership and outreach work. So I love you feel like we're a big team, especially for this to be a project. We are not a nonprofit. We are not a LLC, like it's just a project. So to have four people on the team is amazing. And y'all already know my ethics. If you don't know, you finna know. I don't work with people if I can't pay them. I've had friends who, who've known about the podcast and like, oh, my God, I want to help you. I want to support you. And I'm like, well, I can't afford to pay you, so I, I'm not accepting any help. And it's too often where people are expected to do free labor just because the mission is a good mission. And they're supposed to do this work for free because it's good work and it's impactful work and it's going to impact community. And it's like that work deserves to be compensated. And if I'm not in the space where I can compensate someone, where I can compensate someone, there's no shame in that. I just got to do it until I can get to the place where I can compensate. And so I'm really, that's another thing that I'm proud of myself of with BFR that I haven't really thought of that I'm reflecting on now i'm doing this episode is that i stuck to my ethics and my values and now look at me four people deep they're all getting paid getting paid on time too because you know that's one thing organizations don't know checks be missing and stuff listen uh-uh <laughs> okay so i stuck to, i stuck to that and and now look at us so yeah i am proud of that and just the impact that being able to work with other black women and films, young people to in the movement has had on me is just like I, like I said earlier, I am a recovering perfectionist. And so I just, I'm definitely guilty of like when I was in college being like, oh, you know, it's easier for me to just do X, Y, and Z than to delegate it to someone else because it's gonna take me more time to tell them or they might not do it right and I might have to fix it. And so I would just, you know, perfectionist and just do everything myself. And I would say towards the end of college, I definitely was getting better at that and now with BFR I can see how like delegation and like kind of like supervisory stuff it takes a lot of effort and labor I'm not gonna lie to y'all but it's so rewarding in the sense that when you add other people to the work that you're doing they have so many great ideas and so many perspectives outside of yours that it just adds so much value like all of the projects we're doing right now the zine the book club we're collaborating with different like really established entities that would not be possible if it was just me doing the podcast and so I just really appreciate all of the value they brought to the podcast and it's just like teaching me so much like teaching me how to show up as a quote-unquote leader as a quote-unquote supervisor manager or whatever it's just I'm just learning so much while I get to be in community with amazing people and we get to just like I feel like we get to talk about real stuff at quote-unquote work like We've been talking about, ooh, I need to get my hair did. Like, it's just like a very black space. Like, you know, and I got into the movement. If y'all don't know, I was working at, my first jobs were at Sister Song and ReJack. Those are two black-led organizations. One's led by a a black fat lesbian. Another one's led by, one's led by a black lesbian. One's led by a black trans person. So my intro into the workforce was like a pretty radical experience. And so from transitioning, so, y'all, I'm trying to slow down. I'm trying to be more mindful of my, this, my speech and its tone and enunciating my words. So to go from working for these people who, and not only did they have these identities that people may say are quote unquote radical, which I don't subscribe to that, but not only do they have these identities, but they show up in a way that tells you that their lived experience informs how they show up in the workforce and how they show up as a supervisor, right? So that that's really important. So just having a trans boss isn't going to do anything if they still exist within this sphere of white supremacy, heteropatriarchy, and transphobia, right? Like it's not going to impact anything, but having them show up and understand, you know, understand the systems and how to support people who are working you know with them but you know under them was really impactful so moving from outside of that space into basically white corporate america if y'all don't know i work for a university so i'm not sure how much more white corporate america we can get than that it's like a very big different shift i don't even know where i was going with that but being able to kind of create a working space a working team that reflects the things that i loved about working with Black radical nonprofits has been amazing, especially because I know what the other side feels like. And Another way that I feel that BFR has been a labor of love and really kind of somewhat of a healing process for me is that, you know, I've been in the workforce for a little bit now. Honestly, not that long. (laughs) I'm 24, but I've definitely experienced things where I feel like supervisors and bosses and just work culture in general wasn't the most conducive to people having you know healthy boundaries and having the things that they need and so being able to show up every day with the BFR team and to quote-unquote lead in ways that I wish people led with me and the ways that I wish some of my supervisors showed up and the care that I wish that they had being able to have that with the team Has shown me that I'm not asking for too much. That when I say I need X, Y, and Z, that's not an outlandish request because it's so simple and so easy for me to do that with the BFR team. And I have one, like one one thousandth of the resources that these organizations have. So if I can do it with literally nothing, like when you talk about a shoestring budget, like we're what's past a shoestring, a freaking, um, I don't even know, a thread budget. If I can do that, then you most definitely could and you're you're choosing not to and so it's been really validating for me to know that what i'm asking for is not too much and that i shouldn't even have to ask for it because i don't i don't make the bfr team ask for it because i just know because as someone who's ever worked in the workforce i can pretty much understand what people need to feel supported now obviously there are specific things and i'm not perfect right like people may have different ability needs and they may have things that help them specifically And so, you know, communication stuff is great like that. But I'm talking about the bare minimum, like, respecting people's boundaries. Like, you should know that off-rip. You don't need a training or anything to understand that. Like, you just need to be a human. So, yeah, in summary, Black Women's Rants has definitely been... A labor of love you know teaching myself a lot of things and then being able to work in community and i'm not sure if i said this already but also all of y'all the people who listen to the podcast it's been so shocking especially recently the amount of people who i've been in conversation with who will randomly just be like oh yeah listen to your podcast and they'll start like name dropping episode titles and like mentioning things i've said Y'all, that gasses me up so much. And it's like, obviously, I know people listen. But I don't know. I feel like the people who listen are like in Alaska or something. Even though I literally can see every state and country and city of the listenership. And I know it's California, Texas, Louisiana, and New York is like the top ones. And I live in California. So it makes sense, you know. But I'm still just like... I'm still shocked every single time I like tell my friends or like tell my little, you know... Oh my gosh, someone like told me they listen to VFR. They literally said they're a fan. Like they use the term fan. Like I'm so gassed. So another thing has definitely been y'all and just like the people that I've been able to meet. And like, I remember I was at the Let's Talk About Sex conference and someone came up to me and was like, this podcast like changed my life. And I was like, oh damn, girl, you're gonna make me cry. Like, don't do that. And she was like, you never know how much people need to hear something you know when you're making it but like I just want you to know like it was super impactful and I'm like girl you can make me cry so just being able to able to connect with y'all and to like for you to see pieces of yourself in the podcast and the things that i share and things that the guest speakers share is really impactful because it feels like i'm curating something of value which means a lot to me obviously my instagram story rants they were very transient you know they go away after 24 hours and i felt like i was talking into the void and i feel with bfr like i have the mentality that i'm talking into the void because i don't really think about who's listening even though I know people are listening so then it's nice to like have people come back and be like oh no like I listened to this and like like listing out the things I said in the episode I'm like oh wow you like actually listened you know like it's always a shocker to me which it shouldn't be like we're three years in (laughs) I I would not be doing it this long if like literally no one was listening but that's also been another thing for me like it's a reminder for me that I do have things of value to say and I have a valuable perspective and that I'm like a growing and learning a skill set of like interviewing people and another way bfr has been somewhat of a healing process for me is i know if you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time you know i talk fast as heck i think right now i'm talking pretty moderately it's also 1 a.m now so i'm tired but um i typically do talk a little bit faster on the episode uh, on the podcast and i have i feel like been shut down like in college like in discussions because people will be like oh like she just talks too fast and like as a way to like not listen to the things that i say and mind you i'm saying very good valuable things like it's bar for bar word for word like it's really good <laughs> so that has always been a soft spot for me and not people just saying i talk fast because if you've come to a presentation by me i will always say like if i'm talking too fast feel free to let me know. Like just like let me know know her feelings anything so I obviously want what I'm saying especially when I'm doing like an educational thing or an informational thing to be accessible but I do feel like there are certain people and y'all I'm really thinking of one person for real <laughs> and I genuinely can't even remember her name but I know if Fabi listens to this episode she's gonna know exactly what I'm talking about <laughs> but as a way to just like ignore what I'm saying or to like dismiss it that's the thing I felt very dismissed with those comments because it wasn't even like oh Lakia can you slow down which obviously I would be I would have been receptive to but it's just like I'm not even gonna pay attention or focus or give her any time of day because she talks too fast like girl (laughs) that's all I'm gonna say on that so I feel like BFR has definitely been healing in that regard because it's like And I know I do talk fast on here sometimes, right? So even if I am talking fast, y'all still see enough value in what I'm saying to maybe push through, like, the speedier parts. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like if she doesn't present this in a perfect, curated, exact manner, then she's no longer worth listening to or no longer has anything of value for me to even try to digest. So that's another way that I feel like BFR has been healing, I guess. (laughs) I do think I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about how, for those of y'all who don't know, I low-key be doing a lot. (laughs) So I have my full-time job at a university, I mentioned that earlier, I also have another job with abortion on our own terms. If you don't know, I basically curate the stigma-free zone on self-managed abortion, which is a exhibit that we walk people through where we recreate an apartment as if someone's self-managing their abortion at home as a way to destigmatize abortion. It was co-created with Kimberly and Nas McGuire, the executive director of Urge. So that's like my main project with them. And then I also do other things on the side, do social media on the side, and have BFR, which has a team of four, including myself. So it like, it adds up, right? Like, it's, it's quite quite a bit of things. And I've been really just fortunate and grateful that all of the things that I do to make money... Relate to my goals and even the things I don't do to make money. So, another thing I forgot to mention is I'm on the board of Access. So, shout out to Access Reproductive Justice. Donate to them for Fundathon. It is their 30th anniversary, and we, I don't know why I'm saying they, we. This is editing Lakia. I just wanted to clarify that Access Reproductive Justice is raising $90,000 in honor of their 30th anniversary. So, that's $30,000 per decade that they have been supporting people access funds to get abortion care. So, Donate to them. I will have a link down below for my personal fundraiser. 100% of your proceeds will go directly to access and bonus, if you donate before the end of May, your donation will be matched by the National Network of Abortion Funds. So donate now to double your impact. Also, as of a few weeks ago, I am the new vice chair of the board of Access Reproductive Justice, so I'm super excited to be in a leadership role. If you've been following me on Twitter for a long time, I tweeted a couple years ago about wanting to be on a board, and now I'm on a board and I'm a vice chair, so it's like a full circle moment, but yes, please donate to the fundraiser that I have in the link below, and be sure to donate to your local abortion fund as well to support them donate it's our 30th anniversary it is a black-led abortion fund we fund abortions for people in the state of California and people across the nation even outside the nation since Dobbs and people have been losing access in certain states so so yeah I'm just doing a lot of different things things that take up a lot of my time and because I do quite a bit of things and you know and it's important work like all of my work relates to supporting people at in some capacity it relates to supporting people and making sure people have the things that they need for their health care and just for like their human rights and stuff so people tend to applaud that and then i got you know 30 under 30 award last year a grant for Black Feminist Rants, growing the team. Like, it's been positive things that have been happening recently. And y'all, I don't know if I mentioned this, I think I did, but I'm moving literally tomorrow into a nice apartment with nice amenities and some security, y'all. Because I was, I am in the hood currently, and I'm still gonna be in the hood because it's downtown and downtown is the hood, but it's just like it's different, you know? So, I'm excited about that. So, just being like having the capacity to just grow and you know do the things get new opportunities get new roles experience new leadership opportunities has all been great and I feel like a lot of people have like complimented me on that and just like praise me and I feel like because I do so much the praise tends to be a little bit more widespread I would say but it's always focused on my work I say all of that to say I feel like I get so much positive feedback on like you do good work and you've accomplished this and like I've gotten to the point where like, I still value those compliments and I understand where people are coming from and they want to, you know, give someone their flowers while they're alive. Like I'm never gonna fault people for that. But I feel like it's gotten to the point for me specifically that the only acknowledgement I ever get is the work that I do. And as someone who is like trying to unlearn having my job as my personality and just like my entire being only ever being recognized for your work really does hinder that unlearning process because it's like literally every good thing I hear about myself is only related to what I produce (laughs) and so that doesn't make me feel like a person it makes me feel like a robot it makes me feel like a part of the machine and again like I said I know people are trying to be intentional about giving people their flowers while they're here and at the end of the day I am a fire sign so I love to hear it I'm not saying okay I am kind of saying stop Loki but it's like i want people to like also in addition to the work that i do because i do do important work and i do good work and i do a good job at what i do but also recognizing that outside of that i also do good things and like acknowledging that and acknowledging more so the humanity of lakia and not just like the worker aspect of lakia and so so that is something that i would just present to you know To the class as we talk about capitalism and how bad it is and how capitalism sees us as just you know profit and not as people also being mindful of how we show up in a community and how we talk to people and and what we choose to acknowledge and what we choose to not acknowledge because you know if you're only acknowledging the work that i do and not me as a person that i mean that kind of to me makes me feel like i am only valuable or most valuable when I am producing something and not when I'm just being me and just being a human and just being a introverted black girl. <laughs> so that is that is something that I would post to the class. Do with it as you will. You know, I'm not gonna say stop complimenting my work because I do feel like my work is good. But yeah, there is more to me than just my work. You know, I feel like we've talked about a lot. I've talked about my value outside of a worker i've talked about bfr and how that has been a labor of love i've talked about the bfr team and honestly i feel like i feel like my emotions are a lot more regulated now after 25 minutes of recording well it's been over 25 minutes but 25 minutes of audio so far versus when i started because like i told y'all i started recording because i couldn't stop crying and so that that could be another example of how bfr is healing i don't tend to pull out my mic and record because y'all know my episodes be very highly researched very curated you know i'm coming i'm not coming with misinformation i'm coming with the facts so i be very prepared and on it when i do my episodes so i very rarely just pull out my mic and start talking because once you just start pulling out the mic and talking it's, it's it's giving podcast bros it's giving the hotep vibes and i try to steer very clear from that i promise you us black women be fighting for our lives who podcast as black podcasting women be fighting for our lives because these black men and not even just black men y'all lord have mercy not even just black men men in general we make it a mockery of the podcasting craft okay at Evernorth health services we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible Like, I don't even want people to know I'm a podcaster at this point. Or, oh my gosh, y'all. People here I'm my podcast, and I have to immediately let them know, I don't talk about relationships. I don't talk about 50-50. I don't talk about none of that. I'm not talking about misogyny. I don't talk about any of it. I steer clear. I'm talking about things that actually can impact people's lives. Abortion access, reproductive health care, stuff like that. Black feminism. You know, I'm not talking about none of that. Other stuff that don't matter. They be like gay son of thought daughter like at this day like at this point just gay thought daughter that's my answer that's my vote and i'm sticking to it like i cannot with these like bare bones backwards ass conversations that we have every three weeks or like oh if you get flued out should you have sex with them like can we stop talking about that so i feel like us podcasters us black women podcasters be fine for our lives to be like no we're legitimate like we are trying to add value we are not on that other stuff so that that's my rant that's my rant on that But yeah, I feel like we talked about a lot. I'm glad that we got to have this (laughs) chit-chat. Let me know what you think about this episode. Like, for real. Like, give me feedback. DM me on Instagram or comment on Twitter or whatever. All of the social medias will be in the description box. Also, y'all, subscribe to the newsletter. Subscribe to the newsletter. By the time this episode comes out, we will probably already have launched or at least announced the book club. So sign up for our book club. We will be reading... Our very first book will be Birthing Liberation by Sabia Wade, a first-time author, their debut book. So, supporting them, support us. But yeah, just stay connected with BFR. We are also, y'all, I'm really excited. We are dabbling into in-person events. I'm so excited at this point right now. We've got one like almost fully unlocked. I'm just waiting for the people to finalize the date and then it's gonna be unlocked. Super excited for that one. We have one in Atlanta coming up at some point. I don't wanna say too much, you know? The haters be biting. Y'all, I'm kidding. That is definitely a sweetie reference. But, anyways, so yeah, we've got at least two events in the works. I definitely wanna do one in New Orleans. That one logistically is just like presenting to be a little bit more difficult. Which, like, it shouldn't be because literally one of the team members, Cameron, lives in New Orleans. So, like, it shouldn't be difficult. And y'all know I went to school in New Orleans. If you didn't know, I went to school in New Orleans. Tulane University, that is my alma mater. So, I have, like, tons of connections in New Orleans. So, I don't know why that's being so difficult. But would love to do an event in New Orleans. We've got Oakland, Atlanta ideally new orleans i would love to do one in texas i don't have many connections in the repro community in texas but y'all know i'm from texas i rep texas till the day i die very much a texas girl through and through (laughs) so yeah and my family didn't immigrate like or like migrate out of texas like you know people like migrated from the south like formerly enslaved people migrated from the south to like the north or like the midwest or whatever like uh uh my people from texas so y'all i'm just rambling at this point but yes stay tuned bfr may be coming to a city near you but yes keep supporting bfr i really do appreciate all of y'all also let me know what episodes you would like to hear specifically for like the more like I think I'm going to call this rant and not chit chat, but like the chit chat conversational style ones. Let me know what you want me to talk about because I don't be knowing like what personal stuff to share. And also let me know, of course, what type of guest speakers you would like on the podcast. If there's a specific guest you'd like to see, let me know. If there's a specific episode you'd like to hear, let me know. My goal also this year was to start a YouTube and do video podcast, but y'all... Your girl is tired. She's tired. I know BFR is tired. Like I mentioned, I met with Anaya earlier today. And I could just tell Anaya was exhausted. (laughs) We were both exhausted. We were like loopy. Like we couldn't even speak words low-key. So I know the team is tired. So... Video podcast might not be in the cards at this moment, but at some point I would definitely like to do that. So (sighs) let me know what type of videos y'all specifically want to see on a video format, and we'll try to get that done at some point. No time soon though. No time soon. That is another thing. Oh my gosh, y'all. Actually, I was gonna close out this episode, but there's something else I can talk about real quick. Y'all, I have really been learning, and this probably is common sense, but as you get more opportunities. You want to accept them you you want to take advantage of them right but with more opportunities comes more exhaustion like bfr we've been like i mentioned we're doing the book club we're doing the zine we're doing a lot we're playing in-person events and it's like all of these opportunities would not have been a possibility in 2020 when i started the podcast so i want to say yes to everything especially when the bfr team has connections that they're connecting us with like i just want to say yes but i'm realizing that it's wearing a thin low key like i said I could tell anaya was tired on the call i haven't really checked in with cameron or chelsea but i assume they're tired chelsea was kind of like taking a low key of a break the last couple of months and is like just now getting back into like the groove of it but yeah i feel like there's been a lot of exhaustion across the team and it's just like we're having all of these opportunities and doing these cool things which is like exciting and so much fun but like It's been a reminder that you don't have to say yes to everything or you don't have to say yes to everything right now. You can say yes and do it in six months. Like, why are we cramming in everything in four weeks? Like, I'm just so tired. And it's at the point where it's like, you know, where you're like, okay, I'm going to start saying no. And you don't start saying no because you want to say yes to every opportunity. No, I'm past that. It's like I physically don't even have the energy to, to form the word yes. Like your yes isn't even in my vocabulary anymore. Like <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I do still say yes to things, but I say yes, but not now. Okay, so I'm not going to lie. I don't be saying no. I don't say no. Yes, but not now. That's my new phrase because... It's getting ridiculous, and it's, like, such a blessing that we're getting all these opportunities and, like, all these cool things, but, like, we got to put us first at the end of the day, (laughs) so if you would like to partner with BFR, if you have this really exciting thing you like to do with us, hit us up, because we'll most likely say yes, but not now, yes, but let's plan it in advance, like, let's plan, you know, six, nine months in advance, we don't got to plan everything in a month or two, So definitely reach out to us if you'd like to partner, if you'd like to sponsor an episode. I think we're going to move from sponsoring episodes to sponsoring a season. So if you are interested in sponsoring a season, please do so. Our next season will be a global feminism season, which I'm so excited for. So y'all, if y'all have specific feminists who are doing work internationally, globally, let me know. Let us know, hit us up. Our contact information will be in the description below. Lakia at blackfeministwants.com. Yeah, because we'd love to reach out to them as we begin to plan our global feminism season. Y'all, I've started and I've ended and unended and ended this episode, so I'ma go ahead and give it its wrap. Thank y'all so much for listening to this episode. I honestly feel like I can go to sleep now and just sleep and not cry. So I appreciate y'all giving me the space to get some of my thoughts out. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. Definitely, if you listen on Spotify, I'm gonna have like a little questionnaire, like the poll. So definitely respond to that because I genuinely wanna know what y'all felt about this episode. And if you have more words that you'd like to share or you want it to be a little bit more private, your reflection or your review or whatever, you can always DM me on Instagram at Black Feminist Rants or on Twitter at Black Fem Rants, Black F-E-M Rants. We're also on TikTok, Black Feminist Rants, but TikTok is not the space to share your feelings, your emotions, or your review. Please keep that to the email, the Instagram, or the Twitter, okay? <laughs> but do follow us on TikTok, and of course, subscribe to the newsletter. I'll have all that in the description below. Thank y'all so much, I really appreciate y'all, and I just love BFR. I just love BFR, I love the community that we built. I wanna continue to grow the community. I definitely know I don't interact with y'all as much as I probably should so if you have y'all I'm an introvert if y'all have suggestions on how to for me to interact more please let me know I'm definitely all ears and super receptive to that because it does not come naturally to me as an introvert. so any suggestions would be greatly appreciated but I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this because I keep going on and on I appreciate y'all so much and I'll talk to y'all on the next episode